Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a fun one. It's both a chat with a fellow pet professional and a coaching call. So our guest today is Dr. Valley Fraser Celine. Valley, who is active on Instagram as the lives of wild dogs, has always been a dog person. From her PhD focused on African wild dogs to working in dog population management, but cats have not been in her repertoire. And the reason we are on this call today is because she is welcoming a new furry feline family member into her dog-centric household soon, like I think tomorrow. (laughs) And she's looking for some guidance for how to best approach the prep homecoming, and beyond. So hi, Valley. I'm so excited to talk with you and try to help you come up with a plan. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on at the very, very last minute. Because I'm so happy you could come. This is my, you know, our very quick impulse decisions. So I'm very thankful to you, <laughs> you for having me on before, you know, we bring a cat into the house. So we won't have much time to do like some shopping for stuff, but we can still talk about, you know, because it's happening tomorrow, but we'll figure out um, the best ways to move forward. Um, um, This is better early or late than never. Um, So we'll talk about this, definitely. Um, But the best place to start when planning the addition of a new species in your home is to look at the current members of your family um, and how your household with your pet kind of currently runs. Um, So tell me a little about your current pets and your routine and we can get started from there. Yeah. So, um, well, my partner is not a pet, but I do have a partner. Um, His name is Graham and um, we have our dog Husk. Um, So we are down from a two dog household from last summer to now a one dog household. So we had Ghost before, who many people will know from Instagram. Um, And now we are down to Husk, which is sad. And Ghost was like the good cat dog. Like he just like was so chill. And he was like, whatever. He would like snuggle up with the cat when we used to have a cat in Ontario. But we have not had a cat with Husk. Mm -hmm. And um, Husk is a husky. And he likes to chase things sometimes. Um, yeah. And I, I I mean, he's not like the most like crazy husky. Like, you know, he, I, I don't think he's very typical of the breed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, you know, we can, we can do this. Like I've got some good, like, I feel like fairly confident that, that we can get through the, the intro stage with the cat, but I'm like, still have no idea what, what to do. Yeah, so he has a lot of skills under his belt already, Mm -hmm. which is always helpful. So one of the things that I usually recommend is working on some of the kind of core skills that are helpful in any multi-animal household, positive interrupters, things like Mm -hmm. go to your place and stay there, things like look away from what you're going towards and come over to me, hand targeting, um, general, just like there's a scatter of food on the floor, go over there. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, we have all of those down, which is great. Yeah. Um, and we've done a lot of like training with cats, like out, outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that that will be a very different kind of context when it's a cat that's inside the house versus a cat on our walk. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and some skills might transfer and some might not, but usually, um, things like being able to look and then look away at the cat outside will transfer, but because of the proximity and just like the amount of time that they're spending together, it, there's, it's a different level of trigger, um, Mm -hmm. totally different kind of separate thing. But so you have a lot of the prep behaviorally already done check Mm -hmm. good job um now the other thing that we need to talk about first is just how is your house set up so that we have some safe spaces for both husk and the incoming kitty do you know anything about this cat we don't really like we met her um very quickly at the like the pet store which is housing dog uh, cats from the humane society mm-hmm. so we're not like purchasing a cat we're like adopting a cat at a satellite location mm-hmm. so we met her there um we weren't allowed to like play with her or anything just because of covid like they weren't letting us like pet her or touch her um i know which was really sad she really wanted to be pet mm-hmm. um, but yeah we she's a calico mm-hmm. um so I don't know anything about like temperaments with cats, um, cat breeds. Uh, my friend is a vet tech and she kind of laughed at me and, and said, good luck getting her at the vet. But <laughs> um, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, you're going to be doing her shots anyway. So. <laughs> good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So um, yeah. So she was very friendly as far as we, you know, kind of saw there was a, a small, like, this lady came by with like a small little like terrier who was just like shaking when he was like looking at the cat and she just kind of like ignored the dog. Um, The employee at the pet store was like, yeah, she like hasn't really engaged with dogs at all. Like she's pretty much ignored them. She's one years old. So one year old. So um, yeah. So I think, um, you know, we're kind of like past that, like maybe baby kitten, where I'm like, you're too tiny with this, you know, 60 pound dog. So (laughs) she's a bit bigger, which I'm glad. Um, But yeah, so that's pretty much kind of where, where we're at in terms of knowing anything about her. Okay. So your house, um, what's the setup in terms of like, where does Husk tend to hang out? When, where do you guys tend to hang out? And then do you have any place for Kitty to have as kind of her safe location base area yeah so we tend to hang out down like in the living room we have like the living room with the couch and then we have um it's very like open concept downstairs so then we have like the like kind of secondary like I guess it's a dining room but we don't really like use it as a dining room and then it's kind of in a circle so there's like you come in there's a hallway that leads to the kitchen then there's a doorway that leads to living room and then there's like a big open kind of like it's not the whole wall that's open it's just like like kind of in the middle like if you think you could have double doors Mm -hmm. um, and that leads leads to that kind of like dining room slash other living room space Mm -hmm. and that's where we tend to hang out 
and then upstairs. So we have a second floor and then that upstairs has like the bedrooms and um, like another bathroom. And then we have a basement as well. Okay. So I was thinking like, I don't think we can really block off like the living, the two living room areas. Like those are pretty going to be pretty hard to kind of block off. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless, I mean, I can definitely get one, get the crate and I guess like dismantle the, the dog crate and kind of do that. But then there's two doorways. So it's, it's a lot of like doorways and a lot of space. Um, yeah. yeah. To so, block <laughs> so open concept is difficult, um, but mm-hmm. not impossible. So usually what I recommend kind of at the beginning stages is twofold. One is like set up the cat's space that's like has a closed door, <laughs> right? Like a spare bedroom is great. Um, an office that's relatively quiet, but, you know, is comfortable. You can have all of her stuff in there, cat tree. You have enough space to do enrichment and play and just get to know her um, mm-hmm. without having him <laughs> like in there as well. And then yeah. once you have that set up, you can also think about how her territory is going to slowly expand throughout the house. And the name of the game with that, um, from what Husk sounds like as uh, uh, his tendencies would be, would probably have kind of like stop gaps. So instead of like fully blocking everything off, like having deterrence, (laughs) you could Mm -hmm. say, right? Like X-Pens maybe would not be, the most secure, but she would be able to jump one if there was a chase going on. So you couldn't get a lot of inertia kind of running Mm. around that circular area. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. That makes sense. Yeah. There would be a way to just kind of like nip it in the bud. Exactly. If your positive interrupters don't work and he's full on like, oh my gosh, and she's not sure where to go. um, Having baby gates and X pens in that way would be super helpful. I would still have his crate. If he enjoys being in his crate, that would be his safe space that I would recommend that when she is more out and about, you discourage her from going towards there. Um, but yeah, we don't have his crate set up at all. Like he has, hasn't been in his crate. I think since, I don't know, like, at least a year now. Okay. So then um, never mind. <laughs> set it up. I mean, I was thinking like she's in a dog crate now. Mm. Like at the pet store. She's in like a large dog crate. Mm. And in that crate, there's like her litter box. Obviously, it's like just the temporary setup, but I'm like, well, would that make sense to have her be able to go in there? You know, in a in a crate, I'm like totally thinking like a dog, like let's crate train her. <laughs> you can, you but, can crate train her. I would actually recommend, you know, you can have that as an option for transition. Um, mm-hmm. but you could set up a crate. They're not gonna send her home with the crate, are they? No, no, okay, we would husks right. old crate. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes more yeah. sense. So you could set yeah. up husks old crate in her room with her food and or water in there. I would put her litter box somewhere else um, because that's too small of a space for her oh, yeah. to have all of the yeah. things in the same area. Um, and 
So you would still kind of keep that positive association going because that's where her food is. Um, but it would be open so that she could just kind of pop in there and out. Mm-hmm. So that like her mini territory is now being expanded into this safe room. Um, and then you could keep that there or you could then move it around once she's out of that room. Um, that safe room would be like her large area, but you could then move the crate to somewhere else for her mm-hmm. to retreat to. But I would recommend to see if there's a way that you could have it be up on something. Right. Because right. if she wants to go there and it's on the ground, he can still poke <laughs> his nose in there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking is like, we need some like higher level like things so that she can kind of jump into something. Definitely. Um, so that's going to yeah. be some setup that, you'll require some shopping and or some DIY Mm -hmm. where, you know, shelves, tops of bookcases, cat trees, you need to have a few areas that are easily accessible in every room so Mm -hmm. that she doesn't have to, if she needs to go from place to place, like make a break for it on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if she yeah. does have to go on the ground, she has easy access to up spaces if he gets really excited about her. Okay. Um, so that's early setup. For the first few days at least, um, <laughs> some people will say two weeks, but it really depends on your animals and how they seem to be acclimating. Um, she's going to stay in her room. And you're okay. going to spend time with her getting to know her and helping her yeah. just kind of like deal with the, <laughs> the changes. Um, right. The rule of three for dogs when you adopt them, right. Um, for everyone who doesn't know this, it's not a hard and fast rule, but mm-hmm. after, it takes about three days for the initial acute stress of coming into a totally new place to start to come down about three weeks for them to start to realize like what the routine is in this new place and kind of what to expect. And then about three months for them to really fully acclimate into this new household, which is a lot longer than most people think. Um, (laughs) But for those first three days, at least she, we don't want to, give her too much freedom. We want her to get to know you and you can start working with her on some reinforcement strategies, trying to figure out what food she likes. If anything, she might be too stressed to eat or she might be like, this is easy, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Depending on her temperament. Right. Um, You know, so if she wants to interact, the best way to start a relationship is to work on different reinforcement strategies. Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, teaching her click means this, you know, find it means this. Um, and then working with her in her safe room on the skills, like go jump up here and get reinforced here. So yeah, you could then take those when she's ready. And when he's ready, you'll be able to take those skills out of that room. Does that make sense? Yeah. And does she sleep in that room? Like, if I set her up in like the off, like my office or something, 
Like, does she stay? She stays in that room overnight and everything as well. The first few days I would do that unless she's showing some kinds of like separation anxiety issues. Um, I wouldn't like leave her to cry in the room if she's really struggling. No, Um, no. But yeah, I would spend time in there during the day and I would end the day with a play session or a petting set, whatever she seems to enjoy or just like sitting in there and reading a book. Like sometimes they're too kind of freaked out to interact Mm -hmm. with you, but you just sit there and make your presence known. Um, If she's really struggling in that room, then we would have to figure out a way to get her to be with you guys. But that would Mm -hmm. also mean that Husk could not be there yeah because you're, yeah. you're not conscious so you can't <laughs> be supervising what what's going on yeah um yeah yeah does he sleep with you he does he sleeps in the bedroom um but he's also kind of like like he's an easy dog mm-hmm. like one time I forgot like I I left him downstairs with my partner to watch tv late at night and then I don't know what happened. Oh, my. And then Husk went upstairs, went to another room to sleep. And then my partner came to bed and shut the door and thought Husk was in the bedroom, but he was in the other bedroom and he just slept there all night. Like he didn't come to like scratch at the door or anything. So I think he would be fine if like, like I could just set him up in, set her up in the bedroom and set him up downstairs and like maybe my partner just sleeps on the couch for a few nights with husk or something like that right where we yeah that is entirely up to you and your partnership whether if the if this fine yeah (laughs) is something that we're willing to be flexible with Mm -hmm. um and if you think that your bedroom is the most comfortable place for her then that's totally fine as well Mm -hmm. um you know if your goal is for everyone to sleep in the bedroom together eventually, um, then that's a perfectly fine place to have her have that safe room. But that also means that it can't be his. Yeah. Right. So like, (laughs) um, we need to plan for a situation that it might not be going well and we need a place where they won't meet. Um, So I would probably do both Um, in your case. I would see how she does in her own space that can be totally blocked off and he won't have any issues not going into that room. Mm -hmm. But then depending on how she does, you know, you could say, and here's also the bedroom. Let's hang out in here and you can get to know this space too. And you can just move her um, and see how she does with that. And then, we focus a lot on how she's going to transition, but he's going to know something is up, right? Oh, immediately. <laughs> oh, no. Immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we need to do a couple of things. Number one is focus on keeping up his normal enrichment and exercise schedule as best mm-hmm. as we possibly can for those first few days. But also, ideally, you would go from being near her and having your scent of her on you straight to doing something fun with him. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. It's your, you know, a lot of people say do site swapping where like he goes into her room and she goes out into his area and you can do that, but the easiest and 
way to have a classical conditioning like exposure between those two scents is just do fun stuff with you as the safe um, kind of scent soaker. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so if you yeah, that sounds good. Him, right. Um, mm-hmm. That would work well. You can also, um, if he has like a blanket um, or something that he likes to lay on, you can move that into her room for a few hours and you can have a blanket in her room and move that out to the couch or whatever so that they can just get to know each other's scent. But I have a feeling he's going to be sniffing under the door. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I can like see it. He's going to be. So should I be like maybe doing like, uh, like bring him to the door and like do some like, you know, kind of, engage disengage like sniff and treats yes like a bit of like you know kind of classical conditioning at the door yes I don't want to stress her out though with some stairs. yeah like maybe farther away yes so what I would do is I would try to there's all I always want two layers of management anyway for Mm -hmm. safety reasons right if you open that door and she bolts out you're effed Right. So, (laughs) so I would maybe depending on what that second floor landing looks like, create some kind of airlock either with baby gates or an X pen around that door so that he can't get within, he can't get his nose or his paws underneath that door. Okay. Um, is that possible? Oh, now. Yeah, I'm just looking <laughs> at it right now. Um, yeah, so it's pretty tight, but I could try to, we could try to figure something out. Yeah, so one of the things that I offer as a service for anyone who's doing these mm-hmm. kinds of consultations with me is you can send me video and pictures of your house and I can try to suggest um, some configurations like floor plan-esque things. So after we get off this call, you can send me that and we can try to figure out um, the best thing for that, but that's going to really help to set that up now because then when we do open that door and have them kind of start interacting without that visual barrier, he's going to be used to having that airlock around. So, okay, um, it's not like yeah. this sudden environmental change. Okay, and then instead of doing engage disengage where he is stationary. Mm-hmm. I would do something like ping pongs or find it's away. So okay. he gets that muscle memory of he's slightly engaged, he's interested, but then he moves away. Um, that makes sense. And then after a few reps, instead of just doing rep after rep, it would be, okay, let's go over here and do a chill activity bully stick, Kong, whatever it is, so that he's not get ramping up his arousal towards this new exciting thing at the yeah. door. Um, he's like, he gets pretty, pretty jacked up. Like he gets pretty over aroused pretty quickly. I mean, he's doing a lot better with cats on our walks. Like he, he like definitely kind of disengages much quicker than he used to, but he used to have like a cat enemy, mm-hmm. uh, like frenemy that would like taunt him yeah. at our old place. And he would like walk past the like window and like Husk would be like, oh. and then, so we did a lot of work with that cat, yeah. um, which I think 
has like somewhat generalized to other cats. I don't know. I'm like, he's always d- doing really well with orange cats now. <laughs> he's like, I don't even know if he can see that, that color, but for some reason, like an orange cat now is like totally fine. But like any other type of cat is like completely, you know, it's very, very different than, than the orange cat now. But yeah. I feel like we can kind of use all those skills that we've learned on our walks and everything to try to like do some really short sessions Yes, here. I don't want her to get stressed out either. Right. Um, Yeah. So if he is going to be like at that airlock gate, have him on leash as well um, to keep him even further away. You want to make sure that he stays in like a really easy orient and then disengage. If he's in eyeing or even stalking, like pulling towards that gate, he's not in a, a Mm-hmm. Not in the mental state to become unaroused. He's just going to yeah. be ramping up. Um, yeah. So if you're feeling like you're trying these setups and you're trying to do these skills early on and it's not working, he's unable to relax, then I would say put those types of skills away and try to focus on like the easiest thing you can do, which is like, can he eat his dinner like mm-hmm. the furthest possible place from the cat without losing his, like trying to make a beeline for the door? Right. Okay. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, basic, you know, classical conditioning slash any kind of relaxation type activity that he does throughout the day can mm-hmm. do that when he knows there's a cat over there. Okay. If he can't, then right. we need to, back it way up (laughs) right Um, so let's see so that's the first couple of days definitely is switching back and forth between them they won't really see each other if at all Um, but they'll know each other is there now he might be the type of dog that if he hears her and can't see her, it might like break his brain. Right. Okay. (laughs) Right. Sometimes they're the dog. I like to call them the obnoxious dogs who are just like so curious and just aroused by this cat thing, not stressed out by them necessarily, like not fearful, Mm -hmm. but just basically a Tarzan kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If they hear the cat, but are unable to get to them it's very confusing and and frustrating for them. So I would start immediately. If she makes a noise, that means go over to a cookie jar and do a huge scatter away from that door. So you're immediately saying meow equals go over here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That sounds good. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a really easy thing to start immediately. And then you would, I want you to let me know, how he yeah. does with that because okay. um, that should start really quickly making that type of trigger not as confusing. Um, he'll know okay. what it means. It means go away yeah. from that noise to go do something else. Um, okay. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then you'll see how she's doing. She's going to be the one who tells you whether she's done with being in that room. Okay. (laughs) Right. 
Um, <laughs> she'll be like, oh, it seems as though there's a world out there. And, um, you know, she might start digging at the at the door. Okay. Um, this is not an excuse to say, okay, great, go. Um, <laughs> go out into the wide world. Of no. <laughs> um, but this is where you would start to, depending on how he's doing, um, guide her movements around so that she can explore, but definitely reinforcing her for going up on things, calmly moving around on the ground, not bolting from place to place, right? Having these stations for her um, Mm -hmm. and actively working with her on like following your finger to go up there or following a toy to go up there. So she knows the best routes for her to maneuver that space. So that would be like going between the office and your bedroom for the, for example, would be like the first, her first journey. Um, And they're like really close. So perfect. It could be like an very easy, like toy or, or a tart, like follow a target or something. Yeah. So, and that's one of the skills that you're going to want to practice with her in that room, right? Follow a target Mm -hmm. or a toy just around that room. So it yeah. just becomes a an extension of what you've already been doing. Oh, this is a game we've done. No problem. I'll just follow it out here instead of <laughs> up and down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you and your partner would be able to gauge whether he can handle watching her do this, right? That's, I have five different phases of setups that I have. The first one being everyone is settled, um, doing relaxing stuff. The, the second one is one is settled. So that would be husk. And the other animal is moving from target to target. So they don't have free roam of the space. Um, mm-hmm. If you find that he is able to relax and do engage, disengage with some reset treats away every few reps, like we talked about before, Um, If he's able to do that while she's walking around from target to target, great. Um, If he's not and it's way too much for him, then we need to just work on can they both relax when they have visual access to each other. And that would be something like from her safe room, there's baby gates and that would just be open and you do some work there. Like she's not moving around um and so he would probably be leashed yeah. at that point they could put him in his harness and his leash and okay definitely so with any setup you're having t- two layers of management um, yeah especially if she's not really confined right like we don't know whether whatever baby gate you put up like whether she can jump it or not um <laughs> We'll have to see her level of athleticism, but she's a one-year-old cat. So it's like yeah. not, I wouldn't be shocked if she was like, baby. Yes. <laughs> I have remedies for that, right? If we really do need to keep her contained, but mm-hmm. the goal is to not keep them completely separate forever or even for like a really extended period of time at the beginning. We want to have short positive exposures that are controlled so that he doesn't get this buildup of like, there's this 
forbidden thing behind the door. Yeah. Like I must yeah. get to it. Um, it's like, oh, she just like shows up sometimes and I get lots of cookies and a, and a great enrichment activity or whatever. And it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. That's the goal. Does that help? That totally helps. <laughs> Good. That's, that's great. I, um, yeah, I feel like I need to just like go and buy like 17 baby gates and like duct tape them all together. <laughs> and just create this like giant baby gate. Like, So yeah, there's a lot of things on the market that are either okay out of the box or like easily MacGyvered to, okay. um, or combined to make it more cat. Mm-hmm. Mm, let's call it cat barrier. Um, there's a lot of stuff that keeps dogs out, but then there are cats that don't care, man, they just throw a wrench in it. Um, so we'll have to see how she, what kind of cat she is. Um, and the rule of three, you know, it will take us a while to see like who she really is. Um, yeah, but safety is of utmost concern. So if you're not sure about how she does with baby gates or whatever, then definitely have him on leash and like, have another human <laughs> to run interference if you can't come up with some other type of barrier. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, I think he just came into the room. Hi now. buddy. Want to say hi? Um, <laughs> hi. I know people on the podcast can't see him, yeah. but he's adorable. We should put, I'll do some, I'll do like a screenshot. Oh, I see a nose. <laughs> Here. <laughs> Yay. He's so beautiful. Um, he's bl- he's a blonde husky, guys. He's a blonde husky. Yes, he is. With white eyes. You want to go? Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you like snuggle him for that long. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my stream of consciousness um, general recommendations. Given th- what we do know about him and your skills and background and kind of what we know about her. Yeah. I would adjust what I recommend for different people based on their history with other animals, their training, understanding and stuff like that. Right. I wouldn't tell most people to be starting to do some setups like engage, disengage types of things right off the bat. Um, But I trust that you'll be able to see behaviors that are signaling that this is too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I would recommend is for you to also s- take a, a gander at some cat body language um, stuff. Which great. Send you. Yeah. Um, but there's some really good YouTube videos out there as well. Um, and I follow like some of the cat clicker training accounts as well. Yeah. So I've been kind of looking at those too. Yeah. Um, so that'll be, I mean, I fully like intend to, to clicker train her. I was like, I'm going to clicker train this cat. I'm going to brush her teeth. Like my wonder, my one thing I'm like, I'm going to brush this cat's teeth. Like, I am not going to, you don't want a dental on this cat. <laughs> so the thing that's different with cats and dogs is that, mm-hmm. well, there's many things that are different. <laughs> the one thing with their teeth. Yeah, that's why I have a job. Um, <laughs> is um, the, this is what I tend to recommend in terms of 
active training sessions for cats and dogs is number one is that you need to have a larger arsenal of reinforcers um, because they tend to be more fickle about like, I like this one day and then something else the next, Um, not just food reinforcers. Um, So that's number one. Number two is to quit, definitely quit while you're ahead. Um, Like Mm -hmm. really short sessions, like I usually say three to five reps and then a break. Whereas with dogs, I'll usually say five to 10 reps and then a break. Um, There are cats that are very much into training and there are dogs that are like, I quit in a, after two or whatever, but that's the general rule. Start where she's left wanting more. Um, and definitely ask for whether she wants to do training before you like go in there. Right. So like I would do a few warm up reps of just whatever your reinforcement strategy is, because a, you don't know whether she's going to be interested in that reinforcement strategy, at the time, mm-hmm. but also to check, like, you want to train? And she's like, yeah, cool. Um, then you can do a few reps of whatever behavior you're working on. If she okay. looks at you like you have seven heads and then turns her butt away, then mm-hmm. don't feel, you know, personally slighted. Um, because- <laughs> he has said that to me all the time if he doesn't want to train. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, everyone who's listening is like, well, she has a husky, so... Um, he does love training, but I also give him a lot of like opt outs. So good. I mean, you know, we tend to not do a lot of structured training sessions. So like we tend to just kind of train as we're like walking or out, you know, out together. And I mean, I don't do a ton of training with him, but I think this is going to be a really good opportunity to kind of keep reinforcing those like behaviors that, you know, I may not, you know, be training all the time because I kind of like, I mean, do you know Dawn from Running Dogs T.O.? I follow her. But Dawn, D-O-N-E, Dawn, he, him. Then never mind. No, I don't. <laughs> so he's a good friend of mine, and we're both like, we don't care about training. Like, we care about training a recall, and that's pretty much it. So <laughs> that's kind of what we're, our philosophy is. Like, we just want a really good recall on our dog, um, which kind of leads me to, like, this is, like, way down the line. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't really want her to be, I don't want her to be an outdoor cat, like outside on her own, because I'm just going to be worried all the time that she's dead. Um, So (laughs) this is how I live my life. (laughs) So I, um, like my partner and I were talking about like, should we train like a recall in the house and, you know, have her outside on a leash so that we can get her used to being in our yard and stuff. And then like do recalls outside just in case, like if she does escape, you know, how do we get her to come back? Cause that outside is going to be like either terrifying for her. Well, she was a stray, so it might be interesting for her to be outside. Um, and I still want her to spend time outside when we're out there, whether that's, you know, in a harness and a leash. Um, but if she does accidentally escape, then, you know, I, I want to be able to have her come back yeah, and just like be free forever. Yeah. So those same core behaviors and positive interrupters that we talked about at the beginning with him apply to her as well. So okay. the beginning of a recall is her name, turn around and come towards me 
<laughs> right? So you, you yeah. will be training that in the house yeah. already um, with varying levels of distraction. And so once you get to the point where you're like, she's got this recall thing down in the house, you can be concurrently working with her on harness training. Um, that's a whole nother episode that I should probably do. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into that right now, but um, that's fine. <laughs> you know, one of the things you can be doing like during your times with her is like acclimating her to a harness and leash. And then, yeah, you can have her go out and practice your recalls just like you would with him. Um, but usually with the cats, it's not the same in terms of you're going to use your environmental reinforcers a lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. But you also might find that she really does not want to go out on a leash. Um, Right. And so you're doing a lot of, you would be doing a lot of like negative reinforcement (laughs) potentially. Right. So like if you want to practice like emergency recall kind of thing, you take her out and, give that recall cue and then you negatively reinforce her by allowing her to run back inside. And that's, oh, that's that one yeah. Rep, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. ideal because I don't like to purposely put animals mm-hmm. in negative. No, no, no. Yeah. But if we really feel like she's a flight risk and we need to work that outdoor to indoor recall, that would be one of the ways that you might have to do it. Um, right. But that's right. way further down the line. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not even like really thinking about a game plan for that yet. It was just something that we were like, you know, hu- so I think what we're going to do is avoid letting house husk out the back door. I think we're going, because we have a porch, so it's a double door to the front. Mm-hmm. So I think what we'll do is like, once we start kind of having her around, then, you know, we can just make sure that we go out through the front instead so that there is that double door and that management so that she can't escape. And then the back door will be like a whole other thing. I just also don't want her escape escaping when it's like minus, you know, 30 Celsius out and then she doesn't know her name and she's, you know, gone. Right. So, um, So I think that'll be kind of our, our other thing is to really manage that outside area and make sure she doesn't get out. Yeah. There's a couple of things you can do with that too. Just in addition to like making sure you go out the part of the house that like has this kind of built in airlock that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. You can also train her to station near the door somewhere a little bit further away from it while you go in and out. So like the door opening and closing or Hus getting ready to go out, like is her cue to go station. Um, You can also just start positively reinforcing and classically conditioning the living shit out of whatever her emergency recall cue (laughs) is. Right. Yeah. Even before you do anything else. Um, Yeah. So, and then have her potentially have a centrally located station. So you have this extra like magnetized area within the house where it's like, she's not only recalling to you, it's like, you know, like parrots, like fly to your perch from miles away. It's like, go back to this 
particular spot tends to be a really okay. tricky thing for cats because they're very socially okay. aware. Um, so that's what I would definitely do to start. Um, they tend to pick up place training and like going up on things very, very easily. Um, oh, great. That's good to know. Unless your cat is broken. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, because it's also when there's a dog around there, it's a, it tends to be a positively reinforced behavior and also a negatively reinforced one. Um, again, not yeah. intentionally, but like, it's really a nice feeling to like get out of the way of the scary thing and also get cookies. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, it's, it's a highly useful behavior. All I want is for everyone to be like safe in the, those first, you know, few months, like they don't need to be best friends. They don't need to be in the same room, you know, too quickly. Like I just want everyone to be safe, especially her. Cause she's, you know, much smaller and has smaller teeth. <laughs> than us. You have big teeth. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my like focus right now is just to keep everyone safe and, you know, as, as, least stressed out as possible. Um, so, I mean, these tips have been super helpful. Oh, one more question. Mm-hmm. So when we're doing kind of like, so when she's in her room, like could my partner be in the room with her and like giving her treats and we're on the other side and giving husk treats yeah. and then they kind of like, you know, associate treats with. Okay. Yes, a thousand yeah. percent. So that is yeah. phase one of the setups. Um, any type of like relatively stationary behaviors that they can both be doing at the same time that are reinforcing and reinforcing calm type behavior. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we wouldn't have her necessarily be running around and doing wand toy stuff, but just like, you know, if he tosses a little treat and she goes over there and then she goes back, (laughs) um, and if you do the same thing or laying down on his mat, or chewing something, or if she's doing a licky mat, that's a really good one too. Mm-hmm. Um, Got lots of licky mats. Yeah. So like if you're, you know, I would recommend at least meals would be quote unquote together um, at the distance that they can both easily eat. Um, a lot of people make the mistake of being like, they have to eat like right next to the door. So they know I know mm-hmm. you, you would never make this mistake. <laughs> um, you know, they need to know to be able to smell each other in or like while they're eating. Well, it's like they can smell each other for like a f- hundreds of yards away. So that's not oh, the yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to make sure that you're looking at their body language so that they're easily eating. They're not tense in any way. And the only kind of indication that they might have that each other is there is they might like look up and then quickly go back to eating. Um, Anything more tense than that, you are too close. Um, But yeah, so probably start with like husk downstairs and her upstairs. Sounds great. What about like free feeding your cat? Like I don't want, like I was thinking I, you know, husk is going to eat her food like 100%. And I'd rather that she like enrich, like have like enrichment when she's eating. Like husk never has never eaten out of a bowl. Like I don't really want her eating out of a bowl. Like I think it'd be more fun for her to eat out of, you know, I don't know, like a snuffle mat or like 
some sort of treat ball. Yeah. And you're like, what <laughs> cat food enrichment do I have? So that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Um, but yes, yeah. I agree. So cats tend to do best with multiple small meals throughout the day. So like okay. um, my cat, for example, has an automatic feeder that goes off for four times a day. Um, oh, okay. Tiny amounts. Um, and then I also do like some training with him um, for enrichment, but okay. it, it mimics their hunting, mm. uh, you know, their ancestors <laughs> or yes. lives on the street, her life. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that gives you a good opportunity to provide her with many different ways to get those meals. So especially if you're mixing like dry food sometimes and wet food sometimes, um, you know, you could do two tiny meals of like a tablespoon or two, whatever her food recommendation is. That's a vet question, but like, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit of wet food on a licky mat, that's one meal. Um, And then you can play a few rounds of, um, I call it bowling for kibble, but it's basically Leslie McDevitt's ping pong <laughs> game, right? You're just bowling right. the kibble. She goes to get it. She comes back to you. You bowl the kibble the other way. Um, yeah. Where, so the kibble is acting like prey. Okay. It also gives her exercise and it's also training mm-hmm. her a mini whiplash turn. So it's a very good yeah. game <laughs> to start with. Um, and then you could add her name into it also. Right. Um, I'm like, I can never remember how my dogs learned their names. <laughs> like, isn't that like a, like, I'm like, how did I, I guess I just like called their name and gave them food. Yeah. Like, it's like a cue, right? Like I, I, cue, I, I made it into a cue. So I guess it'll just be the same thing with her. Yeah. I mean, you can do it, uh, you know, more <laughs> on purpose or just via context. Um, the dog, right. probably it was more via context, um, mm-hmm. but knowing what you know now and you're kind of like, okay, I'm starting this from day one and I have goals. Um, you can do it more deliberately. Um, yeah. If you want. Okay. Cool. So I would love to kind of follow you through the yeah. journey. Um, totally. We'll do like a, we should do a live. Yeah. At some point And then we can like, I can do like a bit of a, like intro to her. Yes. I want to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're going to name her? We're going to name her Peaches. Oh. I'll tell you why. It's hilarious. Because Husk is named after Corn Husk. Mm-hmm. And there's that peaches and cream corn. So we wanted their names to like kind of match. And she's a calico. So she's, you know, kind of white and orange and um, black. That's adorable. Well, I, I look forward to pictures and I, you know, take videos and I do want to see a little video tour of your upstairs. so We can talk about ways to airlock it. Um, Okay. But yeah, I think every everyone would enjoy kind of going along this journey with you. Totally. I think it'll be great. Like I can make like a cat highlight yeah. on Husk. Yeah. I'm like, do I need to change my like Instagram now to the lives of wild dogs and cats? I'm like, 
<laughs> the important questions. Really. Um, that's the important question. Is this that's a highlight the, or a reel? And do I need to change yeah, my yeah, handle? I don't know what. Yeah, this is what you know. This this is the priority here. Is is what do I do? I rename my? No, I already bought a domain name for my for a website that I have not touched since I bought the domain name. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, the twenty first. So, um, yes, the, love it. So yes, we have a date in the future to do a live. We do, and um, we'll do some video updates and things like that. And I am hoping that I you won't receive like crying videos of me. Well, like if I, I do, yeah, then I will people be hiring you. You'll learn from it, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm here for you. Um, awesome. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, um, for anyone who wants to get in touch with you in particular, um, Instagram is the best way. Instagram is the best way because like I said, I haven't touched that domain name slash website since I bought it. It's like, like under construction forever, probably. Um, <laughs> no, I need to put my $20 to good use, but yeah, the, um, on Instagram's the best way. So at the lives of wild dogs. Um, and I'll link and to that in the show notes. Great. Well for yeah. Sounds good. Um, and once your show is, once the podcast is out, then I will let me know and I'll link it as well. Oh, for sure. On, yeah. On my um, Instagram. So I'll even send you some yeah. cute little things you can read yeah. or whatever. I'm, I'm not a girl. I would love that. Totally. Yeah. I think it's so important. I don't think people like realize, you know, how much work it is to bring in a different species into a house. And sometimes it's not that much work if you have a dog who's like ghost was right. And it just like, and Graham's old cat who like had lived with dogs before and ghost was just like super chill. And they just basically like got together and cuddled, Mm -hmm. but you know, it can be really different in different situations. But I think like, you know, having a resource like yourself is just like amazing because you know, both and you can like, help to integrate and that's really important yeah I always say plan for the worst and hope for the best that's what I'm basically doing and that's yeah it's better to do that and have you know and anticipate issues and and rather than having to deal with issues that have already come up (laughs) all right thank you so much for listening everyone if this episode has helped you feel less alone in your struggles with your cats and dogs or any animals that you are adding to your household soon please rate review and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app your support helps other people find this show and get access to cat and dog specific content and please also follow me on instagram at praiseworthy pets I promise I'm there a lot, even though I don't know much about Instagram. I'd love to hear your suggestions. Uh, Who should I interview next? And if your pets are not getting along, but you want to improve their relationship and you just don't know how to do it, I'm opening up a new online course in early 2022, which is very soon. Um, that takes you step-by-step through the process from establishing your management plan to training your core behaviors to creating setups that will take your pets from cranky to coexisting. Basically all the stuff we just talked about tonight. 
So please go to praiseworthypets.com slash course to get on the wait list. And that's all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs. Bye.